0: Welcome to episode 597 of the Sleeper in the Bus. It is Friday, September 7th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I am joined by Justin Mason. Justin, what's going on, man?
1: Oh, it is it, full bore football season. I'm so glad that we're doing this—the football edition of the Sleeper in the Bus podcast this year.
0: Oh, it's 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 fantastic. So when Matt Ryan backs up to throw that, no, I'm just
1: kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, terrible pass, but that's neither here nor there. If you are an insomniac, first off, I feel bad, but just go rewatch that game tomorrow. Particularly if you're not a football fan, but even if you are. And I think it'll get you right to bed and you'll you'll be good to go because If you uh,
1: hate football and you're looking for some confirmation bias, yesterday's football that, game there you go. is yep. like perfect, perfect for that cuz it was truly atrocious an awful way to start off football season, but that's why we're still talking baseball.
0: Yeah, exactly. It was uh it was lame but anyway here we go we're going to talk about uh some breakouts and and kind of what they're going to do for next year got to talk about some things uh kind of get an idea of, of where these guys might go because they're going to surge up the boards for sure and obviously some of them are going to fail right it happens every year where a guy breaks out we start to buy into it they fall back chris taylor what's up dog um you know and so it's it's kind of that some of them are going to stick, and now they're stars. Others are going to fade. And by the way, you look at Chris Taylor's season, and it was pretty. Meh. You know, it wasn't a complete meltdown, but it was a seven. It's a seven fifty OPS with fourteen homers and nine steals. Where a lot of people were, I was buying into more, but a lot of people kind of nailed it with that one. And uh, and and he fell back to where they thought he would. Where I was really hoping, by the way, just to close the loop on Taylor, I thought his steals. I thought he had yeah, more. Yeah, well, I
1: don't know what happened to the speed, but I guess yeah, not I thought getting he had... on base a lot.
0: True, uh, a three twenty one OBP. That's a 30, 33 point cut. I thought he had both the speed and acumen to to kind of keep those up, even if the power backed. So that was kind of where I was with him. That was my big thing. But uh, nevertheless, Taylor did not. To, to my expectations so there's going to be some guys like that from this list that kind of just fall back and and i'm going to be interested to in see which ones you're willing to buy into and which ones you're going to be fading you're going to be starting your your two early mocks very soon so we're almost going to get that this is a test and we're going to get the answer key to, to some degree very soon so we can kind of get an idea of where we're, where we're right, where we're wrong. I mean we'll fo- we will follow up actually once we're I say 10, 12 rounds into one of your drafts because most of these guys will go within those first 12 rounds, I would think, but we'll we'll get to that in a moment here. One little bit of news I do want to talk about. Shoyoyo Otani came back on the mound. Was looking good for two. And it's one of those are, you know, if you only caught a little bit, you caught like the first or second inning, you left thinking, yo, time was looking good. Things were popping off. And then boom, that third inning hit, the velocity went, the command was, in, they were just floating some pitches up there and it didn't look great. And uh, it, it's, there's, the news is more UCL damage does need TJ uh, if he wants to pitch again, could hit all of 19 because, you know, when, when a hitter gets TJ, they're back much, much sooner than than a pitcher. So he could be back, uh, maybe not for the, for the opening day, but for pretty darn close to it, and then hit for most of the day. Just a status check, really, because there's so much to process. And the Thunder, uh, I don't think Kyle will be here because it's a thunderstorm outside right now, so hopefully the power holds. But uh, just a status check on Otani. Where are you now as we wrap up or have a month left in his first year? Uh, and he continues to hit really well juxtaposed against the fact that he needs TJ to pitch again.
1: I mean, if it was me, and of course, like, the Angels are not asking my opinion on this. like I, They I haven't? They, they didn't sh- text you? No, nah, they need to just shut him down, like, completely. Just get the surgery, don't let him hit, at least for a while, uh, and just don't risk it. Like, the, what makes him special is that arm. And, like, for him to be able to hit through the rehab and things like that just seems uh, risky. And I, Counterpoint, I, yeah,
0: he's a special hitter too. He's got a half season now, eighty-two games of a of a nine forty-six OPS, eighteen homers, seven for eight on the bases. The one thing that we did learn about him early with Otani was uh, how fast he was, and I think that was uh, underrated by folks that that he's actually uh, pretty fast, and so he's also smart on the bases. I don't know, like maybe he can be special, whichever one. He he dove into so I think I saw something I think it was by Joe Sheehan. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Something about like how he could be a five win guy on either side, but instead were were kind of uh, you know, taking both bits and and, and molding him into like a, a four win guy instead of just getting that five win guy on one end or the other. I, I don't know if I said that properly. No, but I uh, think
1: he did, but I mean I I think there are still questions about his hitting in terms of You know, will he ever be able to hit left-handed pitching? Um, True. You know, are they ever going to be willing to have him play defense? Uh, Because that... I think that
0: would come into play if he...
1: If he gave up the pitching.
0: Correct. Correct. Um, And it would probably... I guess, I think he would be pretty good. Here it is. I'm pretty sure Shohei Ohtani is a five-win pitcher, and I can be convinced he's a five-win outfielder. I just don't know if we're taking those players and making them into a four-win pitcher slash DH. That was from Joe Sheehan back in April.
1: Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that is a fair argument. Um, I think, I, yeah, I, I just, I want to see him pitch. <laughs> Maybe it's selfish it shove me, because I think no. he, uh, I, I think he is, uh he is better a better hitter than i thought he would be
0: way better hitter than i thought i, I was i was calling him jock peterson yeah. which you know wouldn't have been the worst thing to get out of one of your pitchers to have like a jock peterson chilling there um you know cuz he's actually had a pretty decent season himself 8 14 ops 19 homers but uh, no i mean he's been a fantastic hitter otani has
1: well let, let's kind of use this as the first barometer for next year's draft let's say he is uh He's going to hit full-time, or, okay. you know, or DH, he can DH full-time, uh, because he's not going to be pitching at all. Um, so where do you take him in a draft, knowing that he probably won't hit against lefties, uh, or at least start against lefties, and he mm-hmm. probably will DH?
0: <sighs> I think, then, it would have to be lower than Nelson Cruz, who went 60th on average, it would have to be lower than I I think I would want to take him lower than he was going himself as a pitcher, 95th. Uh, these are NFBC uh, average draft positions that I'm citing. I'm going to say, like, if I'm getting a DH-only, full-time Otani hitter, I'm thinking around the 120s. Wow.
1: See, that's, that's more than I think I'd be willing to spend.
0: That's an eighth, ninth-rounder area that I think I'm – I think there's some there.
1: obvious regression coming as people start to see him a little bit more. Uh, the plate skills, they're not awful, but they're not great necessarily. Sure. Uh, so, I mean, I, obviously, I don't think he's a guy that would hit 280, 290 like he's been uh but I think, you wouldn't I mean, hit
0: that either so how does that play a role I'd that just, you couldn't also yeah, do that yeah but i'd
1: have the on base percentage of i'd have like a 400 on base percentage because dude oh, I okay. walk i mean you I, walk yeah you got that eye dog yeah, you got that I, I eye can see. i'm and trying I can... to
0: discredit you by saying that you couldn't do it which i think undermines your argument right can that you... this is working is this yeah. working okay yeah,
1: yeah for sure and well i mean obviously i couldn't steal seven bases
0: oh but... <laughs> uh, exactly uh, thank you that,
1: thank that, you that's the hard part that's what makes him so much more valuable uh, but I mean I'm I'm thinking he's yeah, maybe one hundred fifty ish would be where I'd be willing to kinda take a shot on him. That's Obviously the power and speed are legit. I just don't know what what the average is gonna look like next year. I'd probably project him for like two sixty.
0: I pushed it because of the speed, because of the SBs that I think we, we could get over a full season. And we could lazily just double what what he's done so far, but I, I, I don't again, think that's fair. I One, I don't think he'll lazy. get
1: that that amount of plate appearances. Um, and I think I, I I would think he would get like four hundred and twenty, four hundred and fifty plate appearances, hit twenty five homers and steal ten bases, which I mean is super valuable. So maybe I'm Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm I'm down. Maybe I'm I, think down to a, I think if he's
0: think if he's a full time hitter, he gets more opportunities against lefties to try to get better. Otani does, and and pushes 500. But it's going to be really interesting. Do you think and
1: they it's going to let him play every day, though. I mean, that's my only. Like, I... Yeah, that
0: that's a fair question because also like you know, how much of it would have to be like, okay, I got to take a day off here to do a rehab thing for the arm.
1: Or they could you totally know? send him out on rehab assignments and then all of a sudden you're you're looking like, oh, I'm not going to see this guy for 10 days.
0: That's another thing too, just kind of the, the headache and uncertainty Especially around when you're going to have him. Yeah, so I, I think that's all fair. And and I don't know, I'm willing to take a gamble on on higher-end talents. Um, Noah Mazzara, who probably came in, we were thinking maybe similarly, where he he crushes righties, not so good against lefties. Didn't have the speed, but I'm just trying to think of a guy, a lefty batter who was kind of around there. He was around pick 153, and again, using kind of the speed differentiator, uh, that's how I boosted him up. So I'm, I'm looking 120s, 130s. He got me pushing it down a little bit, but I think I'm in that in that ninth, ninth, tenth round area for I, I will so. Say, we'll I, see.
1: I, I will say that uh, I have a a source that says that it sounds like Yahoo is not going to make him one player in fantasy next year. Oh, okay. They, they so going to stick with the two player.
0: And um, how is he going to be treated in your drafts? Are you going to tell us like what to do? Like, uh, and say, Hey, you're getting him as a player draft him as this. Like, what, what are we thinking there?
1: You know, honestly, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's, I think it a
0: well, where are you running the? Uh, I guess would, the the
1: important thing is. Uh, oh, fan track. So he'll be. Okay. um He'll be. Yeah, he'll be one player. Okay. Okay. Uh, Which will be interesting. I think he'll be criminally underrated in these mocks. Yes. Because people uh, because... are going to go, well, he's out with TJ, and they're the not going to think of him as a hitter.
0: Yeah, the fear right now is such that I, I agree that he'll be pushed down, and uh, and and that's that's a scenario where I th- could see myself definitely getting Otani. And then maybe overrating the idea that I could get them similarly the following year, or or in a uh, in in the fall or excuse me in the uh, spring talking is difficult it, yes. uh, you know it's a hard it's thing a to Friday. do. <laughs> 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 um, okay, so that's Otani. That's that's where we're at right now. It's a little, it's a it's an uncertainty uh, which has kind of been the mark of Otani. No. Just that that uncertainty is always kind of uh, surrounding him. We didn't know what he was going to be coming into the season, and now we don't know what he's really going to be next year either. So it's going to be kind of interesting.
1: I think this is going to be a theme for at least the early part of his career until he maybe picks one or the other. Because you have to think at some point they're going to make him pick between pitching and hitting.
0: You would think uh, on on yeah, I'm some not level, like
1: in the near future, but like five six years down, he's not going to be a thirty year old pitching and hitting.
0: So. No, I could I couldn't see that. That that would that would be so, interesting but while and he's very surprising. Doing
1: both, he's just going to be super frustrating all the time. So correct. Like, I, I think I you have that. to uh, one, you have to be you have to be willing to kind of accept that headache when you draft Otani. Yes. And you also have to be one of those fantasy owners. You got to know yourself and know if you are going to be vigilant enough to deal with it. And And we talked about that coming in, Mm -hmm. coming
0: into the season about him and about other, there's certain player types, you know how you manage. And if you aren't not, I don't want to say capable, everyone's capable of it, but if you're not somebody who deals well with stuff like that, don't take these players because they do come with work and you can get greatness out of it in, in a lot of cases, but it the, the diligence is required. It's not a set it and forget it type of guy with Otani. So, all right, let's jump into these breakouts uh, from this year and try to get an idea of where they're going to go next year. And uh, again, I'm citing average draft positions from the NFBC just to kind of get an idea of where they were in drafts this year. And uh, we'll start with Javi Baez. Uh, I think probably a legitimate MVP candidate uh, has had a fantastic season I went the wrong way on the Cubs there. There was the Hap and Baez, the two of them, and I was leaning toward Hap. And uh, you know, you think about it now, and it's like, well, that was kind of stupid because he's earlier in the process. Now, I did acknowledge that. I was like, well, he's earlier in the Baez process, but I liked his plate skills more. I thought he showed more from from the jump with the with the season last year that Hap had, but uh obviously Baez took off. Excellent season so far. Thirty homers, twenty one steals, a hundred ribbies. 88 runs, 295 average, 295, 326, 568 on his slash line. Cut the strikeout rate to a palatable 25%, uh, only backed up by a 4% walk rate, which is actually down from last year's 6% mark. Uh, He's never going to be a big walk guy. And frankly... I don't think he needs to be. I think that takes away point, from yeah. yeah from what he is. I I think too often we we talk about certain players. Well, if they just walked, and it's like, well, I think it would fundamentally change who they are, and it might not. Walks don't inherently just make you better. There has to be an approach change that you're comfortable with as a player. And you know, he still swings uh, aggressively and and wildly. Forty eight percent O swing percentage. That's yeah, out that's, of the zone. That's, that's, that's a career okay. high and uh you know it's 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 wild so it's almost it's not you know full-on Vlad or anything but it's like how do we pitch this guy we can't even we can't even throw him out of the zone and and get him out right now he's just been amazing and he went uh Baez did ADP of 105 which is around uh round seven so where do you think Javi Baez is gonna go in 2019 drafts
1: I think he's gonna go in the second round uh and I think mm-hmm. that's going to feel too You're expensive right. for me, uh,
0: especially because with the volatility of the profile.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and especially for me, it's I. I wonder if the stolen bases come back down a little bit. You know, especially because he doesn't walk. You know, one of the reasons we want guys to walk is because it gets him to first, and from first they can steal second. You know, it's why we, we wish Tim Anderson would, would just do a little bit more in the walk rate department or, or Billy Hamilton would just do a little bit more in the walk rate department. So, I mean, we're looking at a guy who, like you said, has a, has a, just under 4% walk rate, um, and 35 singles. So, I mean, it's, or sorry, 81 singles. So it's, you know, I worry that, a guy who swings as hard as him isn't going to get on first base quite a bit when he's not walking and and we're Mm -hmm. going to lose some of those stolen bases. I'm, you know, this is one of those guys, I guess, that I should have been more on because uh, he fits the profile of my kind of punt batting average or devalue batting average strategy.
0: And and spike it. And, and, get and get the good it. counting categories and try and I, to spike I, and it. I was very. In.
1: I, I was out on him this year and had an argument. I think with like Rick Wolf, where he was like, you know, telling me, "No, dude, you got you got to you got to take a deeper look at this guy." And uh, and I wish I had because yeah, he, I mean, the the steal you got in the seventh round this year is amazing. And uh, that being said, I think for me, he's a third round pick, which I still think is a pretty damn good player. Uh, yes, I just think Still I'm gonna hot. miss out on a lot of shares because I think there are gonna be people who wanting who are wanting to push him towards the top of the first or top of the second, uh, late first and I just I see so much volatility in the profile that I you know, he could be a guy that returns fifth, sixth round value next year and it wouldn't surprise me at all.
0: I, I agree. I think it'll be a rare draft where uh, Baez does go in the third. It'll happen every once in a while, but not enough to where that'll be his ADP. And, uh, you know, it'll be leagues maybe populated with guys like us who are a little bit more uh, averse on on something like that. I will say this. I will say this. uh, You know, we had him top 10 at shortstop, and uh, there was one guy, you know, I'm not not trying to clown on anybody because it's not like I was loving Baez either. A uh, victory lap by any stretch, but the, one of the projections had him at at a, at a twenty uh, at, at shortstop. So again, for me, I acknowledged I had him in that uh, Albies, O'Dor, Hap, Taylor, and and Baez, like that group there of middle infielders. I just didn't pick him as one of my favorites, and and that's where I lost because for me, it
1: was it was tremendous. a matter of there were guys going after him that I liked just as much or more. Correct. And so like you know I mean Odor was going later uh after the 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 year he was having uh Albies was going later uh and then at some point I think he jumped me may, Albies may have jumped him because of uh, Who did that? You uh oh. My bad. <laughs> so uh but you know I missed it was it was kind of a, a miss on this and uh you know there there are other wins but I'm I'm okay with it.
0: Um Yeah. I'm I'm okay with it too, and I and I acknowledge that uh, the the skill set is rich, and uh, I, I will be willing to go in on a third, but I I don't think we're going to get him anywhere at at a third for that that's Javi Baez. Let's move on to our next guy, another middle infielder. Now this is one I loved. So and by the way, I'm not going to do this every time. I'm like I got this one right. I got this. One right. No one wants to hear that. I, I no totally way. am going to do
1: that.
0: But I loved this guy, and I thought it was a slam dunk. So I'm not even taking a victory. I'm taking a duh lap like. I don't understand why more people didn't like Trevor's story. I, guess, I thought I don't it was, think it
1: was a slam dunk, but I thought it was just such a nice discount from the previous season that, well that you had to take the shot on it.
0: That's why, though. I thought it was slam dunk because of the cost. I was just like, this is so easy. Coors Field just it makes it easy. I understand the, the season he had last year. This is not revisionist, though. This is not like uh, I, I came to this saying, you know, all of a sudden now liking him. I just was like well, I'm going to jump back in on this guy. I mean, he hit 27 homers in a 97-game sample in 16. Uh, I know he hit 239. He strikes out too much, uh, but I still see power speed. Now, I cannot sit here and tell you I saw 25 steals on on 9-7. I was thinking more of a... 20 for the full season on a high-end breakout, like a bold prediction kind of thing. And uh, we could push 30. You know, he could go 35-30. But uh, let's give you a rundown of story stats. 298, 354, 566. Cut his strikeout rate down to, again, palatable 25%, similar to Baez, but with 7% walk, 31 homers, the 25 steals I mentioned, 95 ribbies, 77 runs, hit three homers the other night, two a couple nights before that. He was going pick 113, round eight, where does Trevor Story go next year as a 26-year-old shortstop?
1: I think he's going to go in the third round, and I'm in on that price.
0: Same, definitely, because I do. there is still a measure of volatility because he does strike out a lot, but I think it's covered by Coors Field. And I think and the
1: skills have shown improvement as well. So it's not like a bias situation where it's virtually the same skills he's just putting up this year. It's uh you know his contact rate has gone up considerably, uh, uh he it, you know swinging strike rate has gone down, I I think that this is you know obviously there's volatility in, in the average and it wouldn't surprise me to see him strike out more than he did this year, uh but you know we're not asking the guy to hit 300 again we're asking the guy to you know kind of hit kind of do what he didn't in 2016 in terms. Yeah, give me that
0: 272. I'll yeah. take that all day. I really will.
1: And you know, and the addition of sp- the speed uh, profile to the game is really, really tantalizing. Um, you know, I think he is a legit shot next year to go 3020 again, and do it with an average that doesn't hurt you in a lineup that's really good. So, uh, I you know, I I'm probably going to rank him right next to Baez when I yep. do my ranks. Um, and I think Bayels will be gone, but I think Story will be there in the early to mid-third round.
0: And Story uh, is a legit blazer. I think that might surprise some folks too. He's got he's eighth in sprint speed among guys that uh, that have fifty opportunities. In fact, and it, that's even a little misleading because there's ties. Adam Engel, Billy Hamilton, Harrison Bader are tied at first at thirty point one. Trey Turner, Alberto Mondesi, Delano DeShields are tied at second for thirty. Then it's twenty nine point seven for Malik Smith, and then it's Trevor Story twenty nine point six tied with Ronald Acuna and J.B. Shuck. So the speed is not not just shiftiness on the bases. He's a burner and I think he's going to be able to be somebody that we can at least project for kind of the 15 plus. Uh the only thing is speed can be so volatile though. You get one little tweak in the lower half and you stop running.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, even and if the even if the back continues,
0: but I really like the story. I
1: yep, do too. Yeah, for I, sure. I, but I,
0: I'm it. I'm with you. Third round. I'm taking him. I gladly take him there, and I could even see myself sometimes taking him at the back end of the second round uh, just to ensure that I get him, perhaps, if I'm in a draft with a clown like yourself. Yes, yeah. And I think
1: uh, you and I will have at least one or two drafts together next year.
0: I I can foresee it. Um, I'm mixing in pitchers with the hitters here because we're just going in order of the ADP. So next up is another Trevor, Trevor Bauer, who we actually haven't seen anything from in a while because of his injury. Uh, But he was going 131 uh, round nine not too far from trevor so you could have kind of done you could have kind of done a trevor double up there if you really liked uh, both these guys and he's had a fantastic season as well bit breakout kind of across the board not a guy that uh you know i, I just wasn't sure if it was going to come because he's just kind of a consistent fours era type of guy because of his volatility he'd put together three four excellent starts and then get walloped for six earned because he walked five uh but this year no 222 era 109 whip Uh, 11.6 strikeouts, leading the AL and homers at .4, 6.8 hits. Uh, And walk rate, he doesn't give in. So that's part of, uh, I think part of his walk rate is on purpose. He doesn't want to uh, give in to guys. He will nibble a little bit. It can get him in trouble, but a 3.0, you know, uh, what is it, like a 9%, I'm fine with, like, I can live with that with everything else that Trevor Bauer does. And so he's had a fantastic season. Unfortunately, like I said, it's been cut short. Because of, uh, because of this fractured fibula injury, and it's looking like he's going to remain out of action for pretty much the rest of the season or very close to it. A, how does that affect his draft stock? Or I guess, A, where do you think he's going to go? And B, how does this injury affect his draft stock in your estimation for Trevor Bauer?
1: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that uh, backwards uh, because I think the injury really affects his draft stock. Especially, It's not so much the injury, but the return. So if and when we see Trevor Bauer return, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of weight put on how he finishes out the rest of the season and postseason. So I could see him move up five or six spots in pitcher ranks next year based on if he comes back and gets blown up, if he comes back and you know does really well.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think I agree with you that a lot will be placed on it, especially if he can at least finish on the field, finish the regular season on the field, um, and then if he has a big playoff. Oh, that'll just Put all the confidence back in um, for, for Bowers. So, ninth round last year. Going to scale the pitching rankings to some degree. Is he a top five rounder?
1: I think he is.
0: Are you going to take him there?
1: I'm okay with that well, towards let the Let me give end. you...
0: Yeah, let me say it does end all right, okay? He has one start to end the year. Comes out, throws six solid innings uh, to finish the regular season. A little, little playoff tune-up. And then just pitches solidly in the playoffs, does not do a star turn for them. I'm, I'm honestly not sure that they're going to go very far, so maybe it's just the one series, the one start. He pitches fine there as well for Trevor Bauer. How do you react to that?
1: Well, let's put this in context of where pitchers were taken last year. So guys who were taken just inside the top 75, so you know which would be the end of the, the fifth round, were uh, Dallas Keuchel and James Paxton. Okay. Uh, that would- seems low to me almost i i think he's actually probably a fourth rounder
0: yeah i mean based on that and and fbc does push starters so keep that context in mind y'all um it's just it just always happens so and, and a guy like that who can dominate because of his strikeouts too i mean he put up 214 in 166 innings he was uh, at 196 last year in 176 so the, the strikeouts are there he's got the strikeout he's always had the strikeout stuff and frankly the three years before 17 and 18 we were kind of like it's the, why why don't you get more strikeouts because he has the strikeout stuff and he finally has kind of figured out how to pitch so yeah, I think he'll I probably like go for
1: what people were thinking about with Aaron Nola coming into the year where okay. Nola had, had all the promise in the world and we saw the beginning of the breakout, uh, but there were, there were serious questions, you know, and I think there are serious questions with a guy like Trevor Bauer because we've seen him make adjustments even when things are going right that end up going bad. Uh, yes, he's, he's, he's you know, a tweaker. Got some injury issues going on. So uh I think, you know, in the 60s is probably a fair price for him because it it gives you room for a little room for profit or, you know, a fair amount of room for profit. Uh, But also it doesn't kill you as your number, you know, two starting pitcher if you uh, uh, if you don't get, you know, if if things go poorly. So uh, I think that sounds about right.
0: And I don't know if I'm going to take him there. I I do think it sounds right. I don't think it's out of bounds. I think it might be one of those where I rank him there as well and and understand it. But maybe I don't have the full confidence to take him myself. So we'll we'll see. I uh, it is tough to answer on a Bauer he's, because we haven't one seen of those him on the
1: guys bottom. that I think I'm going to get when I double tap two pitchers in that spot. So like yes, I I've, I've started off you know in the what is, so that that would be like the third fourth. So I've gone hitter hitter. Um, and I've got these two picks right there, kind of in, you know, the 50, 60 range. And
0: maybe you take the next guy we're going to talk about with Bauer. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That would be Blake Snell, um, and Bauer or, uh, um, you know, it's hard, it's hard without having done ranks yet. Yeah. Uh, Like a
0: Carrasco Bauer, maybe you go, you go double up Cleveland Indians. Yeah. Something like that. Um, but Snell is the next guy up, so let's kind of bring. Oh, actually, no, there, he's the next pitcher up. I'll, I'll go. I'll go back to Matt Carpenter. We've talked about him. Snell, he was like one ninety-six. Uh, on average, fourteenth rounder. Now there was hype around him for sure because he had had uh, similar to bout Actually, they both had strong finishes to eighteen to seventeen that people interested, and they were you know kind of their pet player. Of hey, I want to take this guy. I think he's going to jump forward, and they both jumped up in a big, big way. Snell at a two oh two ERA and a one oh one WHIP with a 30% strikeout rate, 9% walk. Again, another guy who will walk, guys, but when you strike out that many, it's it's less painful, and it, it, as long as he's in single digits, I can take it. Uh, he had 13% and 11% the two years before that. Just keep me in that single digit, 8 to 9% range, and, and it's palatable. He's been obviously out of his mind, a 184 average against, 87% left on base rate. Those things are obviously going to come back to the pack for Snell, but I think he's had a, a, a breakout you can believe in to a strong degree. You're not really tabbing anybody for a 202 ERA, so we're not saying that, but we're saying a skills jump that, uh, that has legitimacy to it. Do you have Snell going very similarly to
1: I am – oh, wait, sorry. You're kind of breaking up a little bit.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I said, are you going to have Snell going similarly to Bauer?
1: I'm going to be taking Snell, I think at least a few spots above Bauer in my in my pitcher okay. ranks. Uh I completely believe this breakout. Uh he's actually been better in the second half even though he did deal with, you know, a little bit of injury issues what right around the All-Star break. Um mm-hmm. he came, he's come back, he's pitched super strongly. Uh love the skills, love, love what he's done this year. I I'm going to have a really hard time not putting Snell way too high. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's gonna want to dive in. Now, like look, I get it, man. He's so good. Uh, a strong lefty. And he's just been so awesome. Obviously, the division is always a little worrisome, but he's mowed it down. Like he, what a season that's now. having! I mean, and again, it's not just this season. It was a really strong finish to last year as well. I believe it started kind of in August, so he got two months there, and now five months in in this season. We're really going to be looking at almost almost a season and a half uh, if he finishes strong. I mean, even if. But he closed uh, last year, too. And so I think Snell's going to be somebody that folks really like. I, I agree. I do think people will push him over Bauer. I think he'll be more of the firm fourth rounder, maybe even some late third round action for from Blake Snell. Um, again, it's difficult because we haven't ranked our pitchers, but I think that makes sense. And I think people will be taking him there uh, because it's a breakout that panned out that everyone was like, you know, most people were excited about. And uh, I think they'll push forward with him. So. Bauer and Snell are both going to. Plus, he's ending the season on the field, and that's where he's going to leapfrog Bauer because of the uncertainty that we talked about with Bauer. So, um, yeah, I like Blake Snell as well. He's going to be really interesting. If we're in a draft with Colette, we have to take, we have to jump him early just to piss Colette off. Okay, I think that's, I think that's fair. All right, looping back to Carpenter real quick. Uh, pick one eighty one, round thirteen. The shoulder was a concern. Speaking of Colette, he he nailed this one. I mean, he just absolutely kill it i was such a i'm such a jerk uh, just he merely has an nl high 35 homers just like we all expected 273 389, 568 76 ribbies 93 runs even thrown in three steals just for funsies uh matt carpenter will be 33 next year though and i wonder where i really am so eager to see where he's gonna go obviously he's gonna go well beyond the 13th round but what's he going to do? Get treated kind of like a Daniel Murphy type? Uh, where where do you have Matt Carpenter going next year? Hmm. Maybe um, Murphy's a bad example because didn't he come in with some uncertainty himself because of the
1: yeah. the knee?
0: So maybe it's more of um, who's like kind of an older guy who was trusted well. Uh, maybe like an Edwin Encarnacion. He was fifty eighth. Yeah, ADP. that
1: seems about right. I, I think that's going to feel. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I I love what he's done this year, but. uh, And
0: and we called it. That's the thing, too. It's like. Yeah, totally nailed this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, I just love when you get him right like that. You're just like, yes, nailed. I even said 35 homers. So I undersold him because he's going to get a few more, you know.
1: Yeah, but I mean, there's like 35 homers. Like, that's outrageous for him. That's because he's been like, like even, if, we, he had, even if he had been healthy coming into the year, nobody would have predicted for 35 homers for the guy. He's
0: fronted the league two months,
1: dude. What the hell's going
0: on? Or one and a half, I'd say, because his Mayak finished pretty strong. Uh, but he's like, got he a gave him
1: 60% hard contact percentage. I mean, it's <laughs> so stupid. It's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I think he is probably a fifth a f- fifth rounder for me um because I th- I think some of those numbers are obviously going to come back down to earth uh and maybe I'm projecting him for like what he did in 2015 so you know 28 30 home runs you know the the 272 365 505 triple slash um it's like I, I mean it, it's amazing what he's done and like uh, Magnus, uh, he's, a, he's just a real jerk because like, he obviously <laughs> listens to the podcast and clearly
0: just... and he dro- he derived motivation from all the slander and said, "All right, I'm gonna make some salsa and just embarrass yeah. these." He, 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 went to Ki- he went to
1: Kinkos and made up like poster boards for to put our quotes yep. on there and he and was he just him in his locker and
0: he was just putting uh, that tweet where uh, I said Turner Justin Turner easily you know give a little salvation on that by the way thank you justin turner for at least not making that the most embarrassing call i've ever made um you can only do so much to make up for me telling somebody to not take the guy who has 35 homers but at least justin turner's been hitting like 500 for the last six weeks or something so that helps i'm really uh,
1: glad i just didn't respond to that tweet i think you did no i i I actually i think i I thought you agreed did i say i agree damn it i
0: thought you said yeah, that sounds right. Something to that degree. Because it was on one of the poster boards at Bush Stadium. I saw it. With your face. With the cartoon face that that uh, RotoWare has for you. So he even went out of his way to go get the cartoon mock-up of you to put on the poster boards mocking you. Just, I mean, Matt Carpenter went deep on this one. He was hurt. He was pissed. He didn't make fun of Colette, though. Like, how? How does he not loop Colette in on this? It was all Colette's doing. Freaking Jason. Alright, let's talk about another Matt third baseman actually i don't even know if matt carpenter plays third i don't know what his eligibility is for next year but either way i think
1: it's going to be first only it would be my guess
0: let me take a peek here i am on his page i can find it no he will have first and third okay so that transition does work let me get back on the segue moving over another matt third baseman matt chapman love this guy elite defender learning how to hit you know he got kind of the short end of the stick there when the two mats came up for oakland last year because matt Olson hit like 60 homers in in 11 games and so even though chapman came up and did you know acquitted himself particularly well too he didn't get as much he didn't get as much run everyone was kind of on the matt Hol- matt Olson hype train so chapman only went 287th he was around 20 pick and yet he's had an amazing season himself So I'm curious where you think. Well, actually, let me give Matt Chapman's numbers first. Uh, Oh, yeah, keep barking. That's cool. I love that. He's a fan of Matt Chapman. That's actually Plato. I'm watching a dog. So um, he he drafted Matt Chapman. He said he took him in the 15th round. Good pick, Plato. That's a good pick, buddy. Uh, So 282 average, 365 OBP, 525 slug, 22 homers, 56 ribbies. 56 ribbies. Why only 56 ribbies? Uh, And 87 runs. Matt Chapman, going to be 26 next year, not going to go around 20. How high is he going to go, and, and are you going to take him?
1: I am definitely going to take him. I, I think I was one of the higher guys on him coming into the season anyways uh, and what he's done in the second half. Plato said he was higher. Oh, well. That's... That was
0: Playto's barking, saying he was higher than you.
1: Well, I mean, I no arguing with him. So <laughs> uh, in, in the second half, he's hit 12 home runs. 333, 402, 672, triple slash. Uh, I've always loved this guy, and he pairs it with elite defense. Uh, and one of the things I had talked about early on in the season is his elite defense means that when he struggles, like he did uh, at points yep. early on in the season, the A's are going to let him work through it because he's just such a plus defensively.
0: I love those player types. I talk about it all the time. And by the way, you had him 21st, you were easily the high man. Uh, on, on our third base ranking. So Matt Chapman is a little victory lap for you for sure. And so where where are people going to push him though?
1: I don't think he'll be pushed h- up as high as other people uh, probably will because it's not like he has obscene power numbers. Yeah. So I don't think that people are going to start pushing him up into the like fifth or sixth round uh i would guess that he's gonna go i'm, I'm kind of looking at last year's adp what about like a
0: well never mind that was higher than i thought i was gonna say like a travis shaw treatment but he was going like sixth round
1: well and travis shaw also offered that like element of speed
0: yes uh, what about well no nick castellanos was going in the seventh round geez i don't know i think it might be i think it might be a top 100 type of deal these are 15 team leagues by the way just so people understand um
1: I think he's going to go around the spot where like Sano and Turner went last year. So just outside. Raphael Devers. Yeah. I think Devers is a good comp um, in terms of where, where he was going last year. So maybe in between top hundred, top one twenty five. Taking that all day. And yeah, I'm I'm, going to be on board with that and I'm, I'm probably going to be pushing him next, uh, next season because he does have elite power, Um, but he's (laughs) also shown really good plate skills.
0: The easiest comp, I think, is the, is kind of the right one That I, in terms of, like, a ceiling. And I, I do think he does have a Josh Donaldson mold to him right down to the elite defense. And so um, I don't think it's lazy. I think it, I think it's accurate, really. Uh, and so that that's kind of where I'm looking at it. And I would be pushing Chapman as well. So I do forward to our first draft and and that game of chicken between uh you and i to see who takes matt chapman first so that should be fun uh let's stay in the al and shift over to shortstop real quick and talk about glaber torres rookie for the yankees obviously had the pedigree and the hype i don't think people understood you know knew what he was going to do by the way uh not shortstop eligible anymore well, he he'll, he'll get it. He'll get it. He get he needs one more game there. Give him one more game there, and he'll have his twenty. But he is he's second baseman because of Didi, uh, but came up as a shortstop. Twenty-one year old hitting twenty-two homers, sixty-six ribbies, forty-six runs, five steals, two seventy-seven, three forty-nine, five hundred one slash line in hundred and two games. He was going round 22, you know, late, late pick, obviously a speculation, because he didn't have a guaranteed playing time. So, obviously, he's going to go way beyond that. But where does Glaber Torres go with the Yankee tax, especially?
1: Way too high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, like round seven? I think he goes higher than that.
0: Oh, wow. Um, okay, well, y'all can have him.
1: Yeah, And, I, and I'm going to be completely out. I mean, look at his second-half numbers. Uh, and kind of, I think that is more indicative of who he is, as opposed to the hot streak he had when he first came up. In the second half, he hit seven home runs, two fifty two, three forty eight, four seventeen. Which, I mean, it's not bad. No. Um, but like, it's not this world beater that I think maybe some people are going to look at that prospect pedigree and and say, oh, this is a guy that is is going to be a future first or second rounder. And if I'm getting him here. In the sixth round or fifth round, you know I've got a lot of room for profit. I'm looking at it the opposite way that he is probably gonna not not return value no matter where he goes. So um, that's Glaber
0: Torres. Let, let, let's let's uh, skip again and, and loop in his teammate then because I think it fits better to do that. Miguel Andujar, um, a bigger surprise. A he was going much later. We didn't really see the path for him he's having a fantastic season he was going 425 round 29 I like, because they do draft and holds too so they do 50 round draft and holds so they get they get deep over there 23 year old who hit 23 homers 76 ribbies 74 runs uh 297 331 523 the opposite of chapman wherein his defense is so terrible that it could it could cost him some games at times uh if he's not careful or maybe they shift does isn't be aging or over first base or something because he's just not going to third base
1: because they're going to sign Manny Machado so like that's like the Andy oh okay. is, like the, the issue with andrews is like what happens when the yankees go and buy Manny Machado because i mean you have to think mm, there there what does happen i think he shifts over first and greg bird is the odd man out
0: and Bird Bones, get out of here because you're always hurt and you don't do anything when you play. Why is Bird Bones so hyped? I don't understand it. Is it that juicy 197 average that people just can't get enough it's, of?
1: Yeah, it's, pro, it's predigree <laughs> uh, and using that hot streak he had in the playoffs. Uh, and
0: 38 years ago in 2015. It's mm-hmm,
1: confirmation bias and, and people yeah. remembering the big moments. And the big, It's the exact same thing I said at the beginning of the season.
0: Yeah, freaking bird bones. So, no, I, I tend to agree there. So, Andohar, where do you think he's going to go? I Top 13 think, rounds, 12 rounds?
1: Yeah, I think he's probably around 13th round, uh, maybe even lower once they sign, like, for early drafts, once they sign uh, Machado and they're trying sure. to figure out where. Because it, they're not going to give up on Greg Bird. So, like, there's going to oh. be... Andrew Har is going to have to play multiple positions to start the year before he finally supplants him. I think so Andrew Hart could, you know, fall down outside the top fifteen rounds, and I think he's going to be kind of a steal at that point.
0: At that point, yeah, sign me up because you're going to be looking at a guy. <clears throat> excuse me. Who? I don't know. I don't know he can fall that far with the Yankee tax, though. It, it That's going to be really interesting, especially if you're right about Machado, because that's like, really like going to muddy things up. These
1: numbers that he's put up are amazing. He's been better in the second half, um, and he, people still don't talk about him.
0: That's true. Glaber does seem to get more burn um, because he was the flashier prospect, I guess. I think Miguel Anderhard is a little bit overlooked, but he's having an amazing season. Big credit to him. I could see him going maybe around where uh Carpenter went last year, which was pick one eighty one. Uh that's where Bird went too, by the way. They were they were right they were right by each other. So that maybe he goes where right. and and at that point, I'll take that. Because at least he's done something. But we'll see. I think it really depends how their offseason goes for the Yankees. Because he probably shouldn't go that late. And I still think the Yankee tax could creep in and, and push him into the 150s. Which I still wouldn't necessarily hate, by the way. Because a player like this is going to play. So, very eager to see where both Yankees, Gleyber Torres and Miguel Andujar, go in your early drafts uh, when, when you start those up. Let's talk about a couple pitchers here. And, and they were going similarly. They were around 24 flyer types. Walker Buehler and Jack Flaherty and pair them together as well because they had that that epic duel a couple weeks back and uh, they've both been having strong second halves. Where are you on these guys, Walker Bueller and uh, Jack Flaherty? Take them in either order you'd like.
1: Mm, I mean, I'm high on both guys, so I'm probably going to be pushing their ADPs. Uh, I think they're probably going to go outside the top. 25 to 30 starters and Mm -mm. i think that's a huge mistake i think they're both top 25 guys for me next year
0: okay um yeah i mean if they fall that i think flarity the only thing with Bueller is like they always have like 92 capable starters that they're just like rotating off the dl and into the rotation on off on off on off
1: next year they just let him go
0: they should. They certainly should. So you're thinking like uh, in the top, uh, let's see, 130-ish overall. Let me see where the top 25 starters were going last year. Eyeballing it because of closers being involved, I'm going to say it was probably, honestly, that's going to be like top 100-ish. They're, they're about to, Like Jose Barrios went pick 103. He was the 37th pitcher off the board, but that's one, two, three, four, five. David Price six.
1: Was, a t- was a 25th starter, if if, okay. I, if I counted right. Um, okay. And he went 103.
0: So you, you're you willing to take yeah, Buehler and, both and those Clarity guys. there? Yep. Yeah, I think I am too. I really like both of them. I, I mean, think in, if that's
1: where they're going, I may just wait on starting pitching and double tap those two guys
0: yeah because i mean that's they've got the pedigree they've got the stuff they're or you, awesome or you
1: take a scherzer in the first round
0: and then those are your two, three. Oh those, my god those are your
1: two three and you go okay now i can wait another 10 rounds for pitching
0: yeah and then just start speculating wow yeah that'd be that'd be incredible so that's uh that's walker bueller J- jack Flaherty. again I- i'm dialed in on all these guys that's why i picked them for this but uh i'm especially interested in where bueller goes in your drafts too all right let's finish it off with a an interesting first baseman who was not being drafted anything but those draft and holds because he could have never projected the time for a jesus aguilar they they were already crunched for playing time with guys before aguilar was in the mix and then he finds some time and really takes advantage of it 31 homers 95 ribbies 69 very nice runs 276 357 552 just kind of a traditional power hitter profile here now he's a little bit older he's, he's a late bloomer here and he wasn't a huge prospect but he's gonna be 29 next year what do you what do you see for Jack uh, Jack Jack Aguilar? What do you see for Jesus <laughs> Aguilar next year?
1: Um, oh man, this is a hard one because uh, I'm I'm gonna go take a look at his numbers since they traded for all those guys. He's still playing pretty close to every day, mm-hmm. but the numbers have definitely slipped. So yeah, he'll
0: hit like a homer or have like a said, nice little two for. He's four six
1: homers since. August first
0: every time you start to think like, "Ah, this is going sideways, he he boosts up with a nice game
1: yes, um and I mean, it's hard because I don't want to believe it, but like at some point, you gotta just go like this guy has been doing it uh all year and uh and you know they're gonna lose a lot of those guys that they traded for in free agency. Mm-hmm. Um so there's gonna be more room. How long will they how long is Ryan Bra- well Brian Gabron's contracts for like the next decade or two? <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: He's Bobby Boney it up.
1: <laughs> um Let me, I'll, I'll take
0: a look at their contracts while you're while you're talking yeah, about it. So Aguilar.
1: Braun Braun signed through two thousand twenty with a with an option year in twenty twenty one. So I think there's always going to be roster crunch issues in sure. Milwaukee. That being said, uh, I think we're looking at him as like a 12th rounder.
0: Okay, Uh, let's see, 12 rounds, that's putting him around pick 180-ish. Again, that's that Greg Bird, Matt Carpenter, Josh Bell, and honestly, the guy I was going to bring up was going even a little bit later than that, and uh, Justin Bohr, and that's kind of who I... Maybe right-handed Justin Boers, who I think of sometimes when I think about Aguilar. Um, you know, Trey Mancini had that year that he had, and ended up going 152 on average. Justin Smoke went 158.
1: I don't I know. I go a little bit ahead of those guys, you know, because he also was doing some stuff pr- the previous season. So His like power
0: a- for Aguilar is on lock, right? That's the you, you, you don't have to question that. Like that, that is legitimate. Even uh, even when he wasn't playing full-time in, in 2017, he was a big power source so I think you can believe in that and that's why the the Justin Bohr sort of comparison sort of fits for me And if the playing time looks like it's carved out for Aguilar I think I'm taking him closer to the 160s. The
1: question is can he maintain those contact rates? Correct. So that's the big question I mean, he's made two big jumps in uh, in zone contact the last two years Uh, I tend to believe that maybe he is a mixture of the two and and he comes back down a little bit. Um, That being said, like the power plays and he should play virtually every day next season. So uh, I I think 12th round sounds reasonable and I I would be okay with that.
0: I think I can get behind that for Hastings Aguilar as well. Uh, Still on the right side of 30 and and seems to be a lock for 30 homers if he gets, I don't know, 450 plate appearances uh, or more. So so that's a handful of breakouts from this year, trying to get an eye on where they're going to go next year. If you had to pick two who you think are going to fail, not just underwhelm, but fail, not from injury either, just they're going to Chris Taylor it. Who are you looking at?
1: Oh, two breakouts that... Two,
0: two guys from this list that you think? Oh, dude, from this list oh, okay. that, that will just that will just not well, obviously Torres. Not is, yeah, Torres was one year's for sure.
1: Uh, and I guess it's I guess it's Bauer.
0: That's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Because We're so late I just
1: late. worry that, like, like I said, like he always tweaks stuff, and like all it takes, you know, like I don't know if he has the discipline to continue doing what he's been doing. That's made him so successful this year.
0: Exactly, and and just not tinker. You don't have to tinker. You're it's working. So, no, those are exact two I was gonna pick. So we're we're basic where we think I the mean, same. You
1: know, it'd, it'd be between Bauer and Angular.
0: Yeah, and then Aguilar is probably kind of the easy one because he was so far down anyway. But uh, yeah, Torres I just think will have kind of a a, a plateau year for, for a rookie, a sophomore slump if you want to call it. And uh, and then I think Bauer, just, I do still worry. The stuff is there, everything is there, but I think sometimes it gets a little bit too cerebral, overthinks things a little bit. So that's where I'm at as well. All right, Justin, it was great talking with you and uh, you know, and trying to enjoy your weekend a little bit because I know with football going, with what you do with Friends with Fantasy Benefits, whew, You are working double time. So uh, try, try to enjoy yourself this weekend, and we'll talk next week. I
1: definitely will. Take it easy.
0: Fair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver-wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL,